All right, Sixers fans, welcome to a new episode of Sixers in Six, a short podcast giving you the latest on what's going on around the team. Joining me for this one with the Sixers taking on the Lakers coming up on Friday, he is the prime podcast host. Anthony, do we go with for Silver Screen and Roll or do we say the main man? What, what do we say about you for, for the uh, running the SSR network with SB Nation? Oh, I'm just some dude. They gave a microphone. I, there's no <laughs> no important title, nothing like that. I just I just show up and they keep people keep listening for some reason. Yeah, we'll call him the dude with the microphone. Then how's that? Cool, that works. <laughs> um, obviously, been a a weird season for the Lakers. We 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 saw the roster construction coming into the season with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell. Westbrook supposed to be the big three uh, hasn't particularly worked out that way. Although the team playing a little bit better, one seven of their last eleven. When you look at what's going on with this with this squad, and I know I've, you know we follow each other on Twitter. I I see that you're not happy with the direction that Palenka has went, uh, the trade with the Pacers in terms of Miles Turner, Buddy Hield, uh, lots of unknowns and what ifs coming up for for this team, and it'll probably stay that way until they can figure out a deal. But you're looking at this team. Right now, we're at 24 games in, 10 and 14. They're hovering near the play-in spot. Why do you think the Lakers have struggled so much, given the fact that they have two of, of arguably the top maybe 20, 25 players in the league? Depends how you look at it, maybe 15. But why why do you think they've, they've struggled, obviously, without the depth um, to make a move or, or to be of, of any significant note in the Western Conference? Well, what I'm learning in the NBA is is uh, you don't want to be a combination of small, unathletic, and and not able to shoot. And um, <laughs> miraculously, Rob Palenka has put together a supporting cast around LeBron and AD that can't really do any of those things particularly well. It's It has way too many guards because they thought they were going to be making a Russell Westbrook trade. Uh, it doesn't have any shooters uh, after last year where... They focused so heavily on shooting, but they focused heavily on guys who could shoot but couldn't do anything else. This year, they tried to find guys who could do everything else but couldn't really shoot. And then, you know, the athleticism is is a concern also because when you're as small as the Lakers are outside of LeBron and AD, you have to be super athletic to make up for it. And, and the Lakers, I think, even by their size and standards, are below – average when it comes to their athleticism probably well below average when it comes to their athleticism i think lonnie walker is far and away the most athletic guy on the team and you watch the way that he moves on the court compared to everybody else and and yeah he just he, he just looks like a completely different person and the lakers just played toronto uh last night and you could see they're all long they're all athletic and they do have guys who can shoot and yeah, the Lakers didn't have LeBron and AD in that one, but it just looked like varsity against JV. And it's because of all the the, the disadvantages that Rob Polinka has has surrounded Anthony Davis and LeBron with. Well, it, it's interesting to see because we knew this was a problem last season too, right? You know what I mean? And and then going through a frustrating offseason where nothing changed. Although, like you mentioned, Lonnie Walker been a, a pretty good addition so far, averaging 16 points um, for the Lakers. And then Austin Reeves has, has kind of played himself into this role, becoming a fan favorite. When you look at the options, and I mentioned that Buddy Heald, Miles Turner deal that the Lakers can't trade their picks in their same situation as the Sixers, 2027-2029 in terms of their first rounders. But... What is like if, for you, from your opinion, what is the next move for this, for this team? And, and what, like, I know you've been an advocate for that Pacers deal, but if that falls through, what do you think the other ways that Rob Palenka can go to make this roster better? 
I mean, the first step would be showing that he's interested in doing it at all. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, that would be a start. Right. <laughs> well, because here's the thing, like the, the news cycle surrounding the Lakers so far this season has been mostly like, all right, we are going to take 20 games to see what the team looks like. And at the end of those 20 games, we're going to trade Russell Westbrook and, and see which holes we can fill using that using that asset and the, and the two picks that the Lakers have um, at their disposal this year. And the end, you know, then as we neared the end of those 20 games, well, you know, technically more players are going to be available on December 15th when you include everybody who was signed this last summer. And then, look, we're we're a week away from from uh, December 15th. And yesterday's report was, well, the Lakers still aren't going to move those two picks unless they can get back an all star uh, in return. And it's just excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. And. You know, we all have stuff that we have to do in our jobs that we aren't particularly thrilled with, right? Like there, there are there are parts of it. I'm not a fan of writing bland pod posts. Like those are those can get kind of boring. Um, but like at the end of the day, if you you know when when somebody keeps holding off on doing the thing that they clearly don't want to do, they're telling you like, all right, I don't want to do that thing. I, I'm I'm not interested in doing that thing. I compared it to like my my daughter is a is three years old and we'll put vegetables on her plate. And she'll move them around the plate and she'll pick on, you know, she'll eat the chicken nuggets and she'll she'll eat the potatoes or, or the fries or whatever. And then she'll just kind of pick and nibble at, at the vegetables. And and yeah, that's her way of saying, I don't like vegetables. I don't, I don't like doing this. <laughs> and I think here with the Lakers, that's that's kind of what Polinka is doing with with not wanting to make this trade. Like they can keep leaking. Oh, we really, really, really. Like I think he said at the beginning of the season, I, I, I feel a responsibility to LeBron James as I'm the caretaker to the last chapter of his prime. Yeah, sure, Rob. Sure thing, bud. <laughs> like it's it's pretty clear through your actions that you don't actually want to do anything to caretake to uh LeBron the, this last final chapter of LeBron's prime. And and you know what? Fine. Like LeBron is near 40 years old. Anthony Davis has that sketchy injury history. Um, and he leads the league almost year in, year out in trips back to the locker room during a game. Like, fine, if you're concerned about that stuff, whatever. But but it just feels so cynical to just keep selling tickets to, you know, to for, for fans to come see LeBron and AD have to just trudge through mud to to keep the Lakers at mediocre. Yeah, and, and we know that in L.A., it doesn't matter if the Lakers are a 25-win team, people are going to buy tickets, right? I mean, you look at that, they're the they're the talk of the town right there with the Dodgers in terms of a sporting perspective. Uh, but I'm with you. It's like you, you look at the roster construction, and this was kind of an issue with the Sixers, right? They had Ben Simmons, they had Joel Embiid. I'm um, talking about, you know, back in 2021 and then Tobias Harris, a nice piece, not worth 37, 38, 39 million, but they didn't really have anything behind them. Didn't have any shooters. They didn't have much in terms of three and D guys. And and the Sixers have added some pieces. Uh, we've seen PJ Tucker, although he can't score. And <laughs> what is it? Four or five games. He went there without a without a single point. Um, but it, I, I see some similarities, not not totally in terms of the players, but uh, the Lakers obviously in a position now where, like you mentioned, you got an aging LeBron, you got Anthony Davis, who had a great stretch there, averaged 35.3 points over nine games. Um, so did his thing there too. When you look at AD and, and obviously from a Sixers perspective, you have Joel Embiid, a perennial MVP candidate. When you look at those two, because a couple of years ago, it was like the talk was when, when the Lakers won the, the championship in the bubble, the talk was that 
Anthony Davis is just dominant. He's the best, you know, arguably the best big man in the game at that point, although obviously Jokic and Embiid were, were making their stakes. But you look at now the injuries. Where do you put AD amongst the best big men in, in the NBA? I mean, it, it's it's kind of wild. We stumbled into a a new like kind of golden era for bigs, right? Where you have yeah. like last year's MVP race between Jokic and Embiid was such a throwback season. It was so much fun to watch it if you didn't have a rooting interest. And and if you did have a root, rooting interest, it was fun, but it was also like painstaking because every single thing that the other guy did was seen as some statement about what the what the what your guy was doing. I don't know the whole thing. The whole uh, award season thing is, is always kind of a drag to me. But yeah, you have Jokic, you have Embiid, you have AD. This guy, Wimbenyama, is going to be coming in. He's like 7'3", or whatever he is. Um, and and you can kind of go through an insane list of of really bigs to really useful bigs. I, so I think Jokic and Embiid and AD are clearly the three best centers in the sport. And it's so cool to me that you can have three centers at that level of of at that caliber, basically, who are all so different from each other. Jokic is this ground bound loafing super genius on offense. Embiid is this huge force of nature um, who is is absolutely spectacular in the post, unguardable depending on how he's being refereed. And then Anthony Davis is this like pterodactyl <laughs> who, who just like who who's capable of like, you know, guarding guards out on the perimeter if need be. And then he can come down and, and he can dunk on entire cities. If he feels like getting up above the rim again, it's so cool to me. I, I it, those are the three best centers, which order anybody has them in is, is perfectly fine to me. Yeah, I, I think those are those are the top three. Although, again, given the fact that just in terms of on-court performance, I think it's it's Jokic and Bede right there, like one and one A, however you want to put them. Obviously, coming from a Philly perspective, I would say Embiid's above Jokic just with how dominant he is and what he does specifically for that Sixers team. And then I would have AD in third. Um, Anthony, want to take a quick break here. Want to jump into some LeBron James talk. Uh, looking at his totality of his time so far in LA, uh, we'll do that coming up after a short break. All right, Sixers fans, welcome to a new episode of Sixers in Six, a short podcast giving you the latest on what's going on around the team. Joining me for this one with the Sixers taking on the Lakers coming up on Friday. He is the prime podcast host. Anthony, do we go with for Silver Screen and Roll or do we say the main man? What, what do we say about you for, for the uh, running the SSR network with SB Nation? Oh, I'm just some dude. They gave a microphone. I, there's no <laughs> no important title, nothing like that. I just I just show up, and they keep people keep listening for some reason. Yeah, we'll call him the dude with the microphone. Then how's that? Cool, that works. <laughs> uh, obviously, been a a weird season for the Lakers. We 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 saw the roster construction coming into the season with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell. Westbrook supposed to be the big three uh, hasn't particularly worked out that way. Although the team playing a little bit better, one seven of their last eleven. When you look at what's going on with this with this squad, and I know I've, you know we follow each other on Twitter. I I see that you're not happy with the direction that Palenka has went. Uh, the trade with the Pacers in terms of Miles Turner, Buddy Hield, uh, lots of unknowns and what ifs coming up for for this team, and it'll probably stay that way until they can figure out a deal. But you're looking at this team. Right now, we're at 24 games in, 10 and 14. They're hovering near the play-in spot. Why do you think 
the Lakers have struggled so much, given the fact that they have two of, of arguably the top maybe 20, 25 players in the league, depends how you look at it, maybe 15. But why why do you think they've they've struggled, obviously, without the depth um, to make a move or, or to be a, of any significant note in the Western Conference? Well, what I'm learning in the NBA is is uh, you don't want to be a combination of small, unathletic, and and not able to shoot. And um, <laughs> miraculously, Rob Polinka has put together a supporting cast around LeBron and AD that can't really do any of those things particularly well. It's It has way too many guards because they thought they were going to be making a Russell Westbrook trade. Uh, it doesn't have any shooters uh, after last year where they focused so heavily on shooting, but they focused heavily on guys who could shoot but couldn't do anything else. This year, they tried to find guys who could do everything else but couldn't really shoot. And then, you know, the athleticism is is a concern also because when you're as small as the Lakers are outside of LeBron and AD, you have to be super athletic to make up for it. And And the Lakers, I think, even by their size standards, are below – average when it comes to their athleticism probably well below average when it comes to their athleticism i think lonnie walker is far and away the most athletic guy on the team and you watch the way that he moves on the court compared to everybody else and and yeah he just he, he just looks like a completely different person and the lakers just played toronto uh last night and you could see they're all long they're all athletic and they do have guys who can shoot and yeah, the Lakers didn't have LeBron and AD in that one, but it just looked like varsity against JV. And it's because of all the the, the disadvantages that Rob Polinka has has surrounded Anthony Davis and LeBron with. Well, it, it's interesting to see because we knew this was a problem last season too, right? You know what I mean? And and then going through a frustrating offseason where nothing changed. Although, like you mentioned, Lonnie Walker been a, a pretty good addition so far, averaging 16 points um, for the Lakers. And then Austin Reeves has, has kind of played himself into this role, becoming a fan favorite. When you look at the options, and I mentioned that Buddy Heald, Miles Turner deal that the Lakers can't trade their picks in their same situation as the Sixers, 2027-2029 in terms of their first rounders. But... What is like if, for you, from your opinion, what is the next move for this, for this team? And, and what, like, I know you've been an advocate for that Pacers deal, but if that falls through, what do you think the other ways that Rob Palenka can go to make this roster better? I mean, the first step would be showing that he's interested in doing it at all, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, that would be a start, right? <laughs> well, cause here's the thing, like the, the new cycle surrounding the Lakers so far this season has been mostly like, all right, we are going to take 20 games to see what the team looks like. And at the end of those 20 games, we're going to trade Russell Westbrook and, and see which holes we can fill using that, using that asset and the, and the two picks that the Lakers have um, at their disposal this year. And the end, you know, then as we neared the end of those 20 games, well, you know, technically more players are going to be available on December 15th. When you include everybody who was signed this last summer, and then look, we're we're a week away from from uh, December fifteenth, and yesterday's report was well, the Lakers still aren't going to move those two picks unless they can get back an All Star uh, in return, and it's just excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. And you know, we all have stuff that we have to do in our jobs that we aren't particularly thrilled with, right? Like there there are there are parts of it. I'm not a fan of writing bland pod posts. Like those are those can get kind of boring. Um, but like at the end of the day, 
if you you know when when somebody keeps holding off on doing the thing that they clearly don't want to do they're telling you like all right i don't want to do that thing i i'm i'm not interested in doing that thing i compared it to like my my daughter is a, is 3 years old and we'll put vegetables on her plate and she'll move them around the plate and she'll pick on you know she'll eat the chicken nuggets and she'll she'll eat the potatoes or or the fries or whatever and then she'll just kind of pick and nibble at at the vegetables and and yeah that's her way of saying I don't like vegetables I don't, I don't like doing this <laughs> and I think here with the Lakers that's that's kind of what Palinka is doing with with not wanting to make this trade like they can keep leaking oh we really 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 like I think he said at the beginning of the season I I I feel a responsibility to LeBron James as I'm the caretaker to the last chapter of his prime yeah, sure, Rob. Sure thing, bud. Like <laughs> it's it's pretty clear through your actions that you don't actually want to do anything to caretake to uh LeBron the, this last final chapter of LeBron's prime. And and you know what? Fine. Like LeBron is near 40 years old. Anthony Davis has that sketchy injury history. Um, and he leads the league almost year in, year out in trips back to the locker room during a game. Like, fine, if you're concerned about that stuff, whatever. But but it just feels so cynical to just keep selling tickets to, you know, to for, for fans to come see LeBron and AD have to just trudge through mud to to keep the Lakers at mediocre. Yeah, and, and we know that in L.A., it doesn't matter if the Lakers are a 25-win team, people are going to buy tickets, right? I mean, you look at that, they're the they're the talk of the town right there with the Dodgers in terms of a sporting perspective. Uh, but I'm with you. It's like you, you look at the roster construction, and this was kind of an issue with the Sixers, right? They had Ben Simmons, they had Joel Embiid. I'm um, talking about, you know, back in 2021 and then Tobias Harris, a nice piece, not worth 37, 38, 39 million, but they didn't really have anything behind them. They didn't have any shooters. They didn't have much in terms of three and D guys. And and the Sixers have added some pieces. Uh, we've seen PJ Tucker, although he can't score. And <laughs> what is it? Four or five games. He went there without a, without a single point. Um, but it, I, I see some similarities, not, not totally in terms of the players, but uh, the Lakers, obviously in a position now where, like you mentioned, you got an aging LeBron, you got Anthony Davis who had a great stretch there, averaged 35.3 points over nine games. Um, so did his thing there too. When you look at AD and, and obviously from a Sixers perspective, you have Joel Embiid, a perennial MVP candidate. When you look at those two, because a couple of years ago, it was like the talk was when, when the Lakers won the, the championship in the bubble, the talk was that Anthony Davis is just dominant. He's the best, you know, arguably the best big man in the game at that point, although obviously Jokic and Embiid were, were making their stakes. But you look at now the injuries. Where do you put AD amongst the best big men in, in the NBA? I mean, it, it's it's kind of wild. We stumbled into a a new like kind of golden era for bigs, right? Where you have yeah. like last year's MVP race between Jokic and Embiid was such a throwback season. It was so much fun to watch it if you didn't have a rooting interest. And and if you did have a root, rooting interest, it was fun, but it was also like painstaking because every single thing that the other guy did was seen as some statement about what the what the what your guy was doing. I don't know. The whole thing, the whole award season thing is is always kind of a drag to me. But yeah, you have Jokic, you have Embiid, you have AD. This guy Wimbenyama is going to be coming in. He's like seven three or whatever he is, um, and and you can kind of go through an insane list of of really bigs to really useful bigs. I so I think Jokic and Embiid and AD are clearly the three best centers in the sport, and it's so cool to me that you can have three centers at that level of of at that caliber basically who are 
all so different from each other. Jokic is this groundbound, loafing, super genius on offense. Embiid is this huge force of nature um, who is is absolutely spectacular in the post, unguardable depending on how he's being refereed. And then Anthony Davis is this like pterodactyl <laughs> who, who just like who who's capable of like, you know, guarding guards out on the perimeter if need be. And then he can come down and and he can dunk on entire cities if he feels like getting up above the rim again. It's so cool to me. I, I it those are the three best centers. Which order anybody has them in is is perfectly fine to me. Yeah, I, I think those are those are the top three. Although, again, given the fact that just in terms of on court performance, I think it's it's Jokic and Bede right there, like one and one A. However, you want to put them. Obviously, coming from a Philly perspective, I would say Embiid's above Jokic just with how dominant he is and what he does specifically for that Sixers team. And then I would have AD in third. Um, Anthony, want to take a quick break here? Want to jump into some LeBron James talk? Uh, looking at his totality of his time so far in LA, uh, we'll do that coming up after a short break. <laughs> 